October 29, 1901. Leon Cholgosh is executed for the assassination of William McKinley. His last words were, I wish I killed a more memorable president. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. We have a wonderful guest for you this episode. Uh, one of Denver's most exciting up-and-coming comics. Please welcome Katie Hannon to the show. Thank you. Hey, what's up? Hey, thank you for being here, Katie. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I don't. Sorry, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, why do I sound like I do? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, it sounded so insincere. Like I did, we're so, excited to it, have if you. Were, you're not ominous or frightful <laughs> enough for it to have sounded like a cannibal who's about to eat somebody, <laughs> but it did sound like. Oddly staged and scripted. <laughs> oh, like an alien wearing human skin? Or yeah. communicate for the first time? Yeah, but like a nice alien. <laughs> yeah, you're trying. Polite. But like trying too hard. Yeah, a an, an E.T., not a, not a, a xenomorph. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, if you're new, on this show we take a topic from history. One of us tells the official version of the story... Another comes up with an alternate history, and only the winner gets to become the truth. Yeah, uh, and uh, for those of you who uh, have listened to our previous episodes and are curious about the outcome, uh, our last episode was about the Axeman of New Orleans, the second of our three, this being the third, uh, Halloween Spooktacular. You can say it. <laughs> I was going to say it in unison with you, but I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Uh, That's a level uh, of a emotional commitment, yeah. commitment <laughs> that I'm unprepared If we for. say something in unison, we might realize we're long-lost twins and have to set up a parent trap. Um, <laughs> of course. That's how it works. But uh, the the outcome of the Axeman episode was that uh, my alternate history uh, was deemed the truth, which involved a time-traveling film noir detective uh, <laughs> trying to stop John Lithgow, who wanted to kill dance and rock music before it began by oh, killing wow. the jazz bows of New Orleans. <laughs> so if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to the last episode. <laughs> just, just, you, I like how you get super into the description then drop it immediately. Like, <laughs> if you want to listen to that, do whatever. I don't know. Go find a seashell or something. I already won. It doesn't matter what you do at this point. <laughs> you can read it in history books, right? Of course. That's, it is it's the real history. Exactly. Head to the library. Oh, this week we have another spooky topic for you. <laughs> uh, one you may have heard of before, the very famous Elizabeth Bathory. So, uh, Katie, you'll be presenting the true history. Yes, which is crazy. It's, mm. it's I course. don't know how you made a fake history when the real one is pretty I wild. I boned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so as you may have surmised from that exchange, Brian will be presenting our alternate history. Mm. Yeah, so do we have any other? Then let's just jump right into the true history of Elizabeth Bathory. Okay, I had not heard of Elizabeth Bathory, actually, so this was very exciting for me to do, um, you know, at work or whatnot. Um, Okay, so she was born in 1560 in the Carpathian Mountains. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I believe that is correct. (laughs) Mountains, yeah. Okay, so Of course, we are all stupid people, so (laughs) we may all be wrong. You're right, like, yeah. Um, So she... As, even as a child, apparently was subject to fits of rage. I, I don't want to. I have to say though, the main reason I know how Carpathian is pronounced is probably because Vigo the Carpathian yeah. from <laughs> Ghostbusters too. Oh, yeah. so that is my reference point. Okay, I I don't I don't remember that. One. <laughs> but hey, painting. you know, 
Uh, oh, that's the, yes, I've seen that. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, well, okay. Should I start, do the whole history or should I say, like, she killed a lot of people, just so you know. <laughs> so, I'm starting at the beginning, but she's a, like, notorious serial killer. Okay. So, yeah, she was subject to fits of rage, um, and she apparently watched her father torture people, and he taught her some great methods for torture, um, such as... I mean, it's nice to have a father in the home. Yeah, for, she had a strong yeah, father figure. engages in your interests. Yeah, <laughs> they had, like, shared passions. Um, so he taught her about covering someone in honey and then, like, putting them under a beehive. That was one way he liked to torture people. It's creative. Was his that's father what I, the poop <laughs> <Yeah. also? laughs> I think that's, you know, don't stick with chains in a dungeon. Um, and then <laughs> he... Yeah, get outside. That is a weirdly charming torture... So this yeah. is to be, unless you're the person in the honey. I guess. <laughs> oh God, it's An horrifying. Extraordinarily minor spoiler, but on a recent episode of the HBO show Westworld, a character literally used exploding cigars to kill a guy. Really? And it was the most Looney Tunes thing I've seen on a drama. Oh my in God! My life. I, I had no temptation to watch Westworld. <laughs> but and, now, <laughs> and like even now, I don't. But now, I kind of just like I picture it different. I picture what I'm missing differently. Yeah, Ed Harris. Yeah, you're missing plays exploding Pokemon. cigars. You thought you were missing like rot drama. Yeah, I thought I was missing weird robot. Like, <laughs> yeah, weird robot shit. Now it's just like bugs, it's just stuff. gags. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then he also taught her how to use pinchers to remove someone's skin. So that's so her her lust charming yeah yeah I think it's he taught her a skill you know it's yeah. good um, yeah, I mean you got to work with your hands yeah you to find something to do if you're rich especially you know <laughs> um, so I mean when you shake someone hand someone's hand they can tell if you've tortured before or not just because you're <laughs> oh, you got smooth hands you've yeah. never flayed anybody oh no I think <laughs> all the blood it just keeps them youthful oh, here sure, yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. a Lady Macbeth thing oh. Uh, I mean, that's what those elites don't understand, is that you have to get out in there and torture people to really understand what it's like. Yeah, to understand yeah. the common people. <laughs> you sometimes have to cover them in honey and put them below a beehive. Oh, okay. One other thing she saw her father do, her father tortured, he caught a man, I think, selling his children into slavery. So what her father did was emptied out the bowels of a horse and then sewed the man inside with only his head exposed <laughs> so i don't that wouldn't kill a person I, mean, I don't know if then he just starved in the belly of the horse or i don't know yeah i mean then it was just the horse man i i, I gotta give this guy points for creativity though <laughs> he's yeah, got I a mean, lot of really like, i'm a little awestruck I mean, yeah because also he's like dexter i guess now the first i know that guy deserved something he sold sure, his yeah. kids into slavery maybe not to be sewn into a horse i mean he probably was like starving and that, that, <laughs> yeah. is, that is where they got the idea for the two-person horse costume though yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta say though the first few hours before you start starving or you're not like running low on water, it's mostly just embarrassing as people walk by from the village and you're like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm sewn into a horse. I somehow pictured it like the horse still standing and then it, the man's head like out the horse's ass. Like that'd be embarrassing. But the horse couldn't, would not stand. No, I don't I imagine. Yeah. yeah. I'm That's... sure they could rig up a, 
a stand of some kind. Yes. Um, by the way, I got all almost all of this info from a book, like I said, at the Auraria Library. Uh, and this was in a chapter called, I think, When Beauty Becomes the Beast, <laughs> oh. which is offensive to me, but <laughs> we'll just also, continue on. at this point in the story, Elizabeth Bathory is a tiny child. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, she's becoming the beast. So then when she was around 11 or 12, she was betrothed to a man named Frank Nadozdi. But before she could get married, she got knocked up by a peasant. And this was when she was like 12 or 13. She got pregnant by a peasant. And I assume this was like a willing, a consensual sexual encounter. I don't know. But okay. So anyway, they sent that child away. As much as it can be at the age of (laughs) 13. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent that child away. And I believe her husband... Her husband then castrated the baby daddy and fed him to dog. Had like had fed him to dogs. I say between her father and this her guy, husband, she really yeah, has a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she you know she's gonna yeah, marry she a man like her father. her father over and over. Yeah, um, but she outdoes them all. Um, okay, so then she got married when she was around fifteen, and she didn't have kids for like ten years. Uh, and so it said in the meantime, in this obviously very scholarly book I read, that she would hang out with her aunt a lot. And her aunt was like a notorious lesbian who would have like oh. orgies and do witchcraft. Oh. Yeah. What a bad influence when she's hanging around with all these people who disembowel <laughs> folks <laughs> yeah, on the road. Like, yeah, like, okay. Yes. So apparently her aunt was maybe a bad influence. So she had always been kind of cruel to servants and would torture them in various ways she mostly killed peasants too like and it was not a problem no one cared at all like she killed so many peasants that's what the word peasant means yeah (laughs) yeah no one cares what royalty kills you right so no one cared so um so there i'll just tell you a few more gruesome things she did she made one servant like get naked and stand out in the cold and she would pour cold water on her every day till she was just like a frozen ice statue and she just would like admire the ice statue that she made. <laughs> yeah, Again, mean, who I, that's called a medieval snowman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was a, that's a good one. Uh, again, so creative. <laughs> she put a. She she really is getting out there and trying new things. Yeah, she's a pioneer. People. She put a child servant in a cage, and it had spikes on like either side, and then she like swung it back and forth. Till the child was torn to shreds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Listeners, you can't see this, but after every like anecdote, Zach and I sort of just like look at each other <laughs> like, and be like, how are we going to make a joke about this one? Oh, no. It's gruesome. Yeah. It's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> so spooky. Um, yeah. So sure. then... When people see children torn to shreds at the morgues, <laughs> the mortician's like, ooh, spooky My stuff. next Halloween costume. Um, then she also, oh, okay. She had something called an Iron Maiden that was just like a statue. Is What's the what's a normal Iron Maiden? Like a, a like thing a you put band. something? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys both nodded really knowingly about an Iron well, Maiden. I, I know what a, nor- a normal Iron Maiden, as far as I'm aware, is that torture device. Okay. Yeah. Hers was like a statue of a lady, and if you touched it certain places, 
swords would come out different pl- like oh, and that, like there's one that's like an entombing right, metal yeah, thing okay this book probably made this up but it was like it had jewels on it and she would be like oh like tell the servants like do you want to touch the jewels and then if they did that's they'd get it. stabbed <laughs> i know you put marjorie out in the cold and poured cold water on her <laughs> yeah. until she was a medieval snowman but i guess i can trust you on this jewel touching exercise yeah, this, everything you say seems like not a trap yeah. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so this is the most unbelievable one. Apparently, she once got mad at a servant girl and just put her hands in her mouth and ripped, like, pulled at her jaws until she ripped her face apart. But, oh. like, no person can do that, right? Maybe. I I've don't never want experienced to Google that. <laughs> yeah, is like, that possible? I've never experienced it. <laughs> it hasn't no, happened to you. I, 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 because you're only, <laughs> you only know things you've personally experienced. <laughs> I, think I, I think I said experimented. But oh. I experienced oh, okay. that too. I feel like if you really didn't like give a fuck, maybe you could do that to a s- smaller person. God, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for There's that I mean, part in the thing where he puts his hand in the guy's mouth. And, and just, look, hey, I don't want to limit people. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm, keep reaching for the stars. She had, yeah, she was always coming up with new stuff. Um, <laughs> okay, so this was all like peasants mostly. And no one cared, like I said. And then she apparently, okay, so she also was known for bathing in blood mm. and drinking blood supposedly as a way to like stay youthful and beautiful um and it said in the book which also seems highly unlikely that she figured out this technique because she like slapped a girl in the face so hard that it made her nose bleed and the blood like splashed onto elizabeth and she was like oh i look younger (laughs) like i've never i've had blood on myself before and never had that experience so so yeah so she was bathing in blood and then after a while she was like I can't be bathing in this filthy peasant blood. I need some noble blood. And uh, I heard, though I don't know, this is, this might be just like a part of the myth around the person that she tended towards or exclusively used virgin blood? I think, I mean, I think probably most of the people, I don't think she knew, but she uh, they were young girls, like mostly girls, mostly young, mm-hmm. mostly poor. And so then she wanted noble blood. So she, st- she opened up a finishing school in her home. <laughs> And That's such a good idea. Yeah. I mean, independent of the killing of people. She's a real entrepreneurial and spirit. Gotta love, and yeah. You got to love the pun on finishing school. Yes. <laughs> the true. So she opens a finishing school. Apparently, most of the families in the area were like, no, like we're not sending our children there. Like People disappear from your house constantly. <laughs> but anyway, she got some some girls sent there and also killed them and bathed in their blood. And she was apparently very careless about, they would just like throw bodies over the castle wall and stuff. Like she was not trying to hide it. She did not give a fuck. Um, Okay. So then, and people like graduation from fishing school, instead of mortar boards, people toss their dead classmates over the wall. (laughs) Really? I'm picturing the first day at finishing school where they're like, look to the right of you. (laughs) <laughs> Look to the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those people will not be here on graduation day. So, yeah. So now she's killing and bathing potentially in noble girl's blood. People still don't really say anything until she... I don't know also if any of this is true, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a lot of rumor. 
This happened in 1590, some 1580s. Okay, so then she starts selling her family's things to... I guess get money to keep her finishing school just to, to just to fuel her habit. And that's when she's gone too far. That's when people decide they need to intervene <laughs> her family and they launch an investigation. Um, apparently her cousin was investigating her or maybe like a minister or her minister, her cousin was a minister. Not sure. She knows they're investigating um, her and she tries to poison them, mm. but they just get sick and they don't die. So, <laughs> Wow, she really phoned that one in. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. She's used to tearing people asunder. <laughs> yeah. Poison, not her strong suit. No. Too she... subtle. <laughs> I mean, if she walked up to this person investigating her, I was like, hey, can I put my hands in your mouth just for a thing? They probably wouldn't have let her because they're onto her at this point. Um. Okay, so yeah. But eventually they, they catch her. I don't know oh if my God. she ever was on trial because she was a noble lady. I don't think they ca- they just like went to her house and were like, "You gotta stop." <laughs> we're gonna. <laughs> I just the way Brian said, "Can I just put my hands in your mouth for a thing?" <laughs> made me think the way she tricked people into doing this was like, "Did you know if your mouth is <laughs> yeah. smaller is smaller than my hands, then you're gonna get cancer?" Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Good news, you're not gonna get cancer. <laughs> you're dead. It's like, yeah, have you ever had a Hertz donut? And then she freezes you to death. <laughs> Hertz donut. <laughs> oh, God. She, was, she seemed fun to me. <laughs> um, so she didn't admit anything, but apparently she kept a journal in her room of every person she killed and how she killed them. Like every good serial killer. Yeah. You got a, yeah. Um, it's called an evidence it. dungeon, and it's classic serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Although um, in her case, actual dungeon. Yeah. And uh, she there were apparently 650 names of victims. So she may have killed as many as 650 people, like mostly by herself. But she had some accomplices who were servants. So I'm sure they were like, yeah, I don't want to get my face ripped apart. I better do what Elizabeth says. Yeah. I mean, it also it takes a village. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so from the only thing you have to do to survive Elizabeth is have a less rippable face than the person <laughs> next to you. You have to rip a face or two of your own, I think, just to help the cause. Um, so they... Maybe three of her accomplices were put to death, and one of them was confined to prison for life. Uh, again, those were like servants working for her, and then she just like had to stay in her castle forever. <laughs> yeah, the, that um, was her punishment. They basically yeah, kept her in a bricked up room. Yeah, they like sealed it with mortar or something, yeah. and then they would just pass her food. It's sometimes hard to determine myth from truth, but yeah, that they just bricked her up in her room and and. Yeah. And that's where she... And she lived there for four more years until she died at the age of 54. Mm. Um, But I will add that one of the books um, said that one of... she Apparently, okay, one source said her accomplices were servants, and one said she had sorcerers who she consulted, and it said (laughs) one of them was named Dorka. (laughs) (laughs) One of her trusted. That's your cap. (laughs) This is just like insane that she has a a trusted sorceress. That seems insane. (laughs) (laughs) Dorka. That's crazy. Uh, And the other one was named Iluna Jew. So she had some witch friends potentially who like were burned to death, I think, probably. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, that's the story of Given Elizabeth. the context of how seemingly everyone behaves in your story, I'm sure their deaths were very humane. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it said that they tore their fingernails off and then burned them at the stake, but... Comparatively. Compar- yeah, I mean, that's probably Still a little quicker. Awful. Yeah. Uh, Katie, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, sorry. And that is... A pretty legit take on Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, she was indeed, she was a controversial figure. We okay. can say that. You know, 17th century Hungary is not the well, most... Pr- the two sides being <laughs> pro and con? <laughs> <Not> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's two sides to every story, Zach. <laughs> um, I mean, not, she was a powerful, prominent person. Uh, and she also fronted 17th century Hungary's third most popular rock and roll band. Uh, which kind of put her in the limelight a little bit. Mm. Uh, and she came of she came of age in this land that borders. That's a land of conflict. It borders and the Ottoman Empire. And when she was married, uh, her husband basically immediately went off to war because it was the only thing to do. Now I can't believe you passed up the opportunity to name that rock band something. <laughs> oh, don't! No, I'll, I'll get to it. <laughs> There's don't a lot worry. more. This is a behind the music. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you got to give them a little bit of a tease, then you pull mm. back. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> those hand gestures. <laughs> um, so she's 15. She's married to uh, Fernick Ned Fernick Nasty. I don't know. Frank, Frank Nasty. Frank Nasty. Yeah. yeah Frank Nasty. Uh, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll go with Frank Nasty. Frank Nasty. The her radio husband. DJ. The cruel soldier. That's what. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, he goes off to war uh, because that's only thing to do at the time other than stay home and write shit poetry, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he moves her into a castle and she's left in charge of the lands. And she, by all accounts, handled matters pretty effectively. But she found herself bored with so much free time. And she loved music from such a young age because it was the only thing that drowned out the noise of people's terrible poetry. <laughs> So she gathered together a band of musicians from the surrounding countryside, uh, and they became a hit uh, because it turns out everyone was looking for something to do other than listen to people's terrible poetry. Mm. Um, they called themselves Grieve Six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I made you wait for that one. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was, it was my second try. I'm like, this one's good. I'll go with this one. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, they released a string of hit singles, uh, classics like Transylvanian Bloodbath, uh, Bloody Holly, and Single Ladies, parentheses, are covered in blood. <laughs> um, but I would think are filled with blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Both, aren't we all? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, the song is written, you can't change it. <laughs> That's not the part of the listener. Um, as happens with many rock stars, though... The fame and sweet, sweet opium began to go to her head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, took a toll on her. Her ambitions became more and more grandiose. And it came to a head when she wrote what would be considered the band's most divisive work, uh, Trapped in the Castle, parts one through 75. <laughs> um, she wrote and shot an elaborate music video, which involved her washing in a tub full of virgin blood, which was totally fake. It wasn't real virgin blood. Uh, it was made out of corn syrup and red dye. Mm-hmm. Those 650 people did drown in a vat of corn syrup to make the blood. <laughs> but that was ruled completely accidental. Oh, wow. Um, Must have been a really big vat. Yeah, it was a, it was a good size vat. 
Maybe it was a small bat, and the same accident just kept. They on. just kept yeah, falling in there. I mean, like it's they so sticky. They forgot to put up the wet floor sign next to the yeah. bat. And it's like someone put up that there. goddamn sign. We've had six hundred and twenty-five fatalities so far. <laughs> yeah, it's been like days since the last accident. It never moves up zero. No, yeah. Um, so the authorities found the video disturbing, uh, obscene, even uh, not because of the virgin blood but because it depicted the act of bathing which they considered mm. to be washing god's love from your skin huh? um, <laughs> which i say that out loud now and it sounds gross <laughs> uh, sounds very gross <laughs> <laughs> we have not discussed disturbing or gross things yet on this podcast, <laughs> yeah, right? that's and the I grossest like one to keep it that way <laughs> so she was very quickly tried and convicted uh, for obscenity, and she was bricked up in a in her castle. Uh, but as we've established before in the podcast, sometimes when you write songs about people, they become immortal. And in writing songs about her feelings and her experiences, she may have tapped into the old magics once again. And so she may still be bricked up in the castle, waiting to be revealed, working on her dark magnum opus. And that is the story of Countess Elizabeth Bathory. I see. So she's like working on whatever that album people were excited for about China that Guns N' Roses made. Yeah, Chinese Democracy Party. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I want to clarify I'm not a Guns N' Roses fan. I just know the name of that album. <laughs> but apparently there was a very long wait for that. I don't know why, yeah. I, I don't know why that's the hill I choose to die <laughs> on. I am not. <laughs> I am not a fan of Guns and Roses, sir. How darest thou? <laughs> Where can we find these uh, vids and tracks? Oh, I mean, title. Oh, God, think, damn it. Yes. I don't have so title. No oh. Sorry, guys. I can, I'll never the watch title them. barricade is just... Yeah. Uh, I have... <laughs> there's a thing about the story of the real person in that as far as real history stories go, it is like distilled down like the most creepy, scary, like Halloween time terror tale. <laughs> That um, uh, supposedly helped create the concept of vampires, along with Vlad the Impaler. At least mm-hmm. that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Initial part mm-hmm. of creating the myth of the the vampire. Um, the other story makes her a much more lovable figure, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> in that she doesn't horrifically brutalize people on the regs. I mean, to be fair, I didn't really know how to make a joke about that. Someone's <laughs> face getting ripped off. <laughs> That didn't get into, like, real Crypt Keeper territory here. I think there's just details about the real story that are so wackadoo and fucking crazy and off the charts. Like, the weird icing a person. <laughs> Not in the mafia sense, but, like... Or the, or the going, Smirnoff like, ice yeah, sense. The Smirnoff that was her or cruelest the, trick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she goes into a peasant village. <laughs> just and ices everyone. Ice in the village. Yeah. It's like, no, in I the wish you village square. Me yeah. <laughs> and the weird finishing school. And I love the double entendre of that still. <laughs> um, God, I feel like I have to go real history this time. Mm. I, I respect that. It's a crazy one. Yeah. I mean, not, none of that stuff might be true, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's also well, no, it's, think, now it's real because yeah. people say it, I guess. Yeah, that's also another thing. It's one of those ones we occasionally have where real history is slightly in quotations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything from this period. And also, like, in doing reading about her, I went on, like, a weird 
Wikipedia binge of like medieval and middle ages serial killers that oh. is way more insane. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, next next Halloween we could do like Guys Dore or yeah, something. Yeah, that was that was the one. That <laughs> was also another common feature is like they didn't start getting in trouble till they started squandering their family's money. Yeah, yeah. Which is probably still true today a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> <laughs> probably has some skeletons in his closet. Yeah, li- literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Katie, thank you. Of course, this was so fun. Yeah. Uh, so, listeners, before we go, uh, as always, you can ask us a question or write, leave us a comment at revisionistpodcast.com. Uh, or hop on over to our Facebook page, the re- slash the revisionist. Mm-hmm. I think is what it is. I don't. I should know this shit. You could use the little search bar on the top and type yeah. in the revisionists. Yeah, that mm. should be easy enough. Uh, Twitter at revision pod, uh, Instagram also, mm-hmm. and I mentioned last episode our Patreon page, which we're working on getting actual rewards up on there before we start really pushing that. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And you can rate review. And write reviews. <laughs> Slightly can, different. Can you rate reviews on iTunes? You can rate. Re- <laughs> I think you can. You could say one out of one. You see that one out of one people was this, this review helpful? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, I could see that. So there rate our reviews on iTunes. <laughs> but don't write us a new review. No, do write us a new review. <laughs> review everyone else's reviews, and then maybe change your review based on their opinions. <laughs> and whoever gets the top review will get a. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a puppy to give away. We didn't say when the contest ends. <clears throat> okay. Well, we no, we didn't even start a contest. <laughs> you just did. You just said we'll get a puppy. In the afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be their eternal reward. That's, that's, like the, that's the afterlife you promise a sick child. <laughs> yeah. This offer is not applicable outside of Brian's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually... Dogs are not allowed in this apartment, so <laughs> offer not applicable one. inside my apartment. <laughs> Terrible catch twenty-two. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can only have the puppy on a very long leash walking along the sidewalk uh, <laughs> to teach you about longing. <laughs> uh, well, listeners, uh, before we go, Katie, uh, yes. this episode is coming out the 29th, and listeners, if you are on top of it. They can catch you at Propaganda, Propaganda on Sunday, October 30th yeah. at and if, go ahead. Lanny's Clock Tower Cabaret. And if you're not on top of it, get your shit together. Yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> and listeners, Katie Katie Hannon is one of my favorite comedians to watch in Denver. So oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> so if you could find a way to check her out, please do. It's always, always worth it. As for me... I have nothing going on, so why did I say that? Uh, <laughs> look, I'm in school right now. I'm not booking as much shit as I would otherwise. Um, but yeah, follow follow me on Twitter. Uh, Brian is a great comedian, also. So you oh, should. Thank you. Thank you are. You. He's very funny. <laughs> thank you. Um, I don't use Twitter, so yeah. I mean. <laughs> but you are uh, doing some upcoming podcasts. I don't know if you want to take some time to talk about those because we have a minute or two. Uh, I know I'm going to be a guest on an upcoming sophomore lit podcast where you revisit books you may have read in high school as a grown adult. I am 
going to be the main guest on the episode about crime and punishment. But I also read the excerpts from the books for the recently released Occurrence uh, at Owl Creek Bridge episode uh, by Ambrose Bierce and on another upcoming episode uh, that is, I think, a little down the line. So I'm not going to talk about it. Well, but I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. Zach, thank you as always. Of course. For everyone here at The Revisionists, I'm Brian Flynn. I am Zach Powers. Have a have a good, good time. Uh, spooky time. <laughs> spooky. Bleh. Happy Halloween. Garlic. And a scary election day. <laughs> <laughs> uh.